Hi everybody, this is Scott Saad. A few days ago I posted uh, an article regarding two uh, fathers, adoptive fathers, a gay couple who had adopted uh, two young boys and had severely sexually abused them and then pimped them out to other pedophiles and uh, you know, filmed child pornography with them and so on. And I had said, tell me again why the death penalty is immoral. So what I thought I would do today is uh, go back to an article I had written in 2010. I can't believe it's almost, it's now 12 plus years ago. An article that I had written uh, on my Psychology Today column. I'll read it uh, because at the time what had triggered my ire was another case uh, that was really horrific uh, that served as sort of the impetus of my writing the article regarding the death penalty. So I'll read the entire article and then I'll come back to the uh, the article that I uh, the the case that I just referred to a, a minute ago. So here we go. This is and I'll put the link to this article. Uh, it's from uh, I published it in November eighth. On November 8, 2010, is the death penalty barbaric? Is there never a moral justification for capital punishment? So here we go. Stephen Hayes, one of the two men accused in the brutal home invasion in Connecticut in 2007, was sentenced to death in 2010. For those of you unfamiliar with the case, he, along with Joshua Komizarevsky, broke into a home, kidnapped the mother with the hope of her retrieving her funds from the family, from the family's bank account, eventually killed the mother and two young daughters having, after having sexually assaulted the mother and the younger daughter, beat the husband badly with a baseball bat, attempted murder, and set the house on fire immediately prior to fleeing the scene. Most people, including myself, have absolutely no qualms with the notion that these inhumane beasts are likely to be executed for their crimes. Yet I can assure you that among, quote, enlightened individuals, the idea of favoring capital punishment is vulgar, non-progressive, and lowly. After all, most, quote, civilized nations have abolished capital punishment, so only barbaric individuals and or societies can hold on to such draconian penal practices. Let me address some of the most frequent arguments against the death penalty. 1. Innocent people are oftentimes found guilty. As such, the possibility that a single innocent person might die is sufficient to abolish this practice. Here is my rebuttal. This is certainly a very serious concern that can nonetheless be addressed by ensuring that the legal criteria that need to be met for imposing the death penalty are made much more stringent. For example, if your DNA is found on the murdered and raped bodies of four children, then it is unlikely that you are an innocent or framed defendant. In other words, we can make the triggering criteria for capital punishment such that it becomes next to impossible for innocent people to be put to death. And by the way, since I wrote this article in 2010, uh, I can tell you that I, I truly do appreciate the fact that innocent people are oftentimes punished. One of the most powerful conversations that I've had on my show, uh, I held a couple of years ago with David McCallum, who is a gentleman who was put in prison 
for murder when he was 17, uh, if I remember correctly, and he spent 29 years in prison before he was exonerated. Now, as I said, human errors do occur leading to tragic consequences, but we can set the, the criteria so high for what constitutes a death penalty case that it becomes literally impossible to imagine such a way such a situation arising okay so that's like arguing well you know uh, medical errors can uh, surgical med medical errors can happen and therefore we don't want to ever have such an error so abolish surgery right anything involving human beings is going to involve some unbelievably negligible probability of something going wrong. We can completely address that, but as, by, as I said, it can't be based on eyewitness testimony. It can't be based on, uh, you know, all sorts of fallible, you know, evidentiary thresholds. And therefore, we could completely remove that as a feasible argument. But I don't even think that that's the most compelling argument for those who are against the death penalty. Number two, the death penalty fails as a deterrent. My rebuttal, notwithstanding the fact that I'm not a lawyer, I don't even know why I said that in the past, but you don't need to be a lawyer to be able to weigh in on the morality of uh, the death penalty. So notwithstanding the fact that I'm not a lawyer, I do not believe that the penal code is primarily meant to serve as a deterrent to future criminality. Punishment is de rigueur rather than deterrence. Humans have evolved a repertoire of emotions that serve as adaptive solutions to problems of evolutionary import. One of these emotions is the universal need for revenge. This is such a pervasive element of the human condition that it constitutes one of the seven deadly sins. As a matter of fact, in the uh, Old Testament, eye for an eye, right? The Old Testament re recognizes that desire. So if you are religiously bent, then you certainly can use that as justification, although I'm not very religiously inclined, so I wouldn't necessarily be using that to justify uh, the validity of the death penalty in extreme cases. In other words, our human nature is so predisposed to seek retribution that moral philosophers and theologians alike have tried to temper our drive to punish those who harm us. As a civilized society, we have agreed to, quote, subcontract our vigilante desires to the state. However, our need for the most extreme of retributive justice does not suddenly disappear because we are, quote, a civilized people. Number three, the death penalty is applied in a racist and biased manner. My rebuttal, if the legal criteria for the imposition of the death penalty are made more stringent in line with my first rebuttal, this should resolve or greatly attenuate this problem. Okay. And I and I'm not even sure. I don't I don't know if empirically it holds true that, you know, there is systematic racism in the imposition of the death penalty. But as I said, if if that were to be empirically true, uh there are ways to completely eradicate this possibility by setting the standards uh, for the triggering criteria of death penalty to be so high that, you know, in, almost, in, in only the most extreme of cases would you even ever talk about the death penalty. 
Number four, murder is murder irrespective of who commits the act. My rebuttal, this is, an un, this is undoubtedly the weakest of all anti-death penalty claims. According to such moral relativism, the Nazis exterminating Jews as, at Auschwitz is no different than the state putting a recidivist child killer to death. Murder is murder. It's all the same. Number five, an individual who commits a heinous crime must have been, quote, damaged by his environment. Hence, there are always mitigating factors that can be used to, quote, explain any crime. My rebuttal, child abuse is oftentimes used as a mitigating factor. Apparently, having been abused or neglected as a child might explain why you end up stalking a mother, killing and raping her, molesting her young daughter, killing the two daughters, beating the husband with a baseball bat, and setting the house on fire. This is in reference to the opening case that I mentioned at the start of this article. Needless to say, millions of children are abused every year, and yet few end up becoming sadistic rapists and killers. As a matter of fact, several infamous serial killers have testified to the fact that their childhoods were bereft of any abuse. Incidentally, humans have free will, notwithstanding Sam Harris telling us that they don't. Hence, it is difficult to argue that an individual's past, irrespective of how difficult it might have been, forced him into a life of heinous criminality. This would be tantamount to environmental determinism, which is ironic given that those who believe in such determinism abhor so-called genetic determinism, which contrary to popular belief, no serious evolutionist argues for such a position. Number six, only God has the right to impose such definitive punishments. My rebuttal, many are unwilling to subcontract this task to him, capital him for God, or wait until, quote, the afterlife for the ultimate justice to be truly served. We live in the here and now, hence waiting for the afterlife is a gamble that many are unwilling to take. In my humble opinion, the only barbaric attitude is one that suggests that there is not a single act that an individual can commit that would make him that would make him lose his right to live. Our evolved emotions are contrary to such quote enlightened such an enlightened position. And then I had written here, and I, I it applies to any comments you might post. I welcome deferring opinions, but please try to be polite and respectful. <clears throat> Just to close the loop on uh, the, 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 the adoptive uh, parents of the two kids, let me just read you here and I'll also post this clip. A gay couple from Georgia charged with molesting their two adopted sons and using them to record child porn also allegedly pimped them out to members of a local pedophile ring, according to a disturbing new report. A months-long in investigation by Town Hall revealed that William Dale Zuluk, 33, and Zachary Jacoby Zuluk, 35, allegedly used social media to protest, uh, prostitute their two elementary-aged sons. William Zuluk, a government worker, and Zachary Zuluk, a banker, were indicted in August 2022 on charges of incest, aggravated sodomy, aggravated child molestation, felony sexual exploitation of children, and felony prostitution of a minor. And then it goes on, describes how they were pimped out and so on. So imagine for a second, there are these two young boys who are adopted, they're children. They think that they have found a new loving home. Those two, quote, fathers, sodomize them, engage in all sorts of other acts, take pornographic videos with them, pimp them out to other men. Now, my 
evolved instincts are, oh, please, government, give me the green light to put together a posse and I want to go take care of them. Now, is that because I'm a disgusting, uncivilized pig who has not found a way to rein in his uncivilized emotions? But the progressive people with the lisp and with the pinky while drinking the espresso at Oberlin College are the really enlightened civilized ones because they have transcended such vulgar, you know, Middle Eastern uh, visceral feelings, you know, because I'm from the Middle East. So, you know, we're all, you know, we're just we're just emotional, pa passionate, vigilante savages. Right. But whereas, you know, the enlightened progressive folks know that no enlightened society would ever seek the death penalty on someone who sodomizes their adopted children, takes pornographic photos and films of their adopted children being sodomized, pimps them out to other men to abuse them, you know. We have to understand why they did it. Maybe they were abused. We have to understand that maybe they're innocent. Maybe this is a conspiracy and on and on. But, you know, this doesn't serve as a deterrent. What's the point? You know, to 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 execute them would be uh, us. You know, the terrorists would have won because we're we're just as violent as the violent people who who prey on the rest of us. No, we've evolved those emotions precisely because under very specific conditions it makes perfect perfect evolutionary and rational sense for us to be so galled so disgusted so angered so uh, unwilling to accept such people that the only enlightened position to take is to execute them it to execute them would be too gentle now I know what happens, as many of you do, what happens to guys like these two in prison. Now, I'm perfectly happy for them to be released in general population and let, quote, prison nature take its course before you execute them, right? There are things that you can do that makes you lose your right to be called a human being, there is nothing unenlightened about that. There is nothing barbaric about that. It's the opposite that's barbaric. To tolerate such depraved barbarism is precisely what's barbaric. Because those children are not being protected by then having those guys, you know, sit out in prison for the rest of their, their lives, miserable lives, uh, while those kids' lives have been completely destroyed, let alone the first case that I told you about where, you know, three out of the four members, I think the dad, if I remember correctly, survived. But the mother and her two children, after being raped and molested, were were killed and then their house set on fire. Nothing can explain or justify or mitigate uh, such depravity. Okay? So don't buy into all this Oberlin progressive lisp talk about enlightened societies right when you go to war there are things that happen to war whereby you you have to kill your enemy you we'd love to live in a world where everybody does kumbaya but sometimes evil arises and good people decide hey i'm not going to tolerate this i'm willing to go and fight and kill to protect certain values so the idea that 
you know, it's not right, it's not for the state, it's not pure shite. Okay? There are very clear moral guidelines that perfectly, deontologically justify why people would want to seek the ultimate form of uh, retribution. And sodomizing your adopted children, taking ch doing child pornography while you're sodomizing them, pimping them out to other men, your children does not make you enlightened and progressive to say, hey, but they deserve a right to live. Get rid of those fuckers. Take care, everybody.